0: If you want to know anything and everything there is to know about how to sell your house, you're in the right spot, my friend. Welcome to the How to Sell a House Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of How to Sell a House Podcast. I'm Chris Erickson. I'm Cassie Lewis. And Lauren Sanders with the Beach Life Group. And we're real estate agents out here in San Diego. And this is where you come to learn everything you need to know about how to sell your house. we got a ton of episodes here from how to sell it by yourself, or FISBO, as we call it, kind of the whole process. Today is going to be how do I make sure that I'm getting the best price possible on my house. So we're going to go through about eight different points. And we're all real estate agents with the Beach Life Group out here in North County, San Diego. So if you're looking to sell out here, you can just hit us up. But we have a good uh, relationships nationwide, so if you need somebody where you're living, Austin, New York, Oregon, Montana, Minnesota, Aspen, Aspen Florida. Let's go with the A's. Atlanta. Atlanta. Any, any, anywhere else? <laughs> yeah, Houston. Anywhere Houston, and everywhere. Houston, everywhere. Um, we got a ton of great contacts, so go over to howtosellhousepodcast.com, and we can hook you up with somebody in your area.
1: Can can I say one thing about that? Mm-hmm. Cause if you really don't have an agent and you're in one of those areas, there's no better person to interview a potential agent for you. Once they get to know you, than another agent that has your best interest at heart. So uh, we've done this a bunch and hooked people up that are very thankful and people have come to us, you know, obviously too that way. Um, but uh, it makes a lot of sense if you really don't have a, a good idea and, And then if you have some friend that wants to send their person, uh, talk to both and see, see, but we've, we've got a lot of top, top quality people across the country.
2: The first step of trying to figure out what the best price for your house is, is to do some online research. Obviously you're probably already doing this, but, um, it is the best first step. Don't just look at the Zestimate or the whatever name that other websites have for what they think your house is worth. Look at the comps in the neighborhood. It's called WAGs. WAGs. What's that?
1: Wild guess.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely look at the comps in the neighborhood instead of just looking at that number. Look at, try to find your floor plan. Try to find houses that in, are in your direct area that are similar to your house and look at those houses and how much they're selling for um, and how long it's taking them to sell and all that. Don't just take Zillow's word for it because it's not always right.
1: They're off by over six percent per their own data. They could be six percent low. They could be six percent high. I've I've had, I had one not far from here that they told us was worth nine something that we sold for one point eight seven five. So they were a little off on that one, but <laughs> but um but they they can be off for sure. All of those are. in each direction too. They can yeah, be yeah. off
2: being too high, or they can be off being too low. Yeah. So definitely do do your research. Specifically, looking at houses that are comparable to yours.
0: And on that note, too, you probably heard about iBuyers buyers, and they're out purchasing homes. You might have got stuff in the mail. I actually got one from Open Door, which is a big iBuyer buyer here in San Diego, in Arizona, and kind of the whole region. I mean, they're they're across the U.S. But in doing your research, I mean, they are one of their uh, sales pitches is they're offering convenience. But when you're doing your recent sales, when you're looking up recent sales and doing your own research, they could be way off. I just got one in the mail. It said, "My house. Here's your offer." Obviously, they, you know, they're just running their their algorithm. They didn't come check it out or anything. But it was like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, about less than what the house, a recent house, had just sold for. You know, right near my property. So. As you're doing your research and you're looking at iBuyers, buyers, if you do get any of those offers, you could also hit up an agent too, and they could, you know, kind of give you an idea of what what it's going to be. But uh, make sure to do your research. What's funny about the
1: open door type situation or all of those? I mean, they they have the right to do their business, and they're the right fit for some people. But you know, we've had investors that do that kind of thing. Have been in the market forever. That'll come pay you cash for your house, and you leave, and you sell it as is. They're not paying market value. That's the challenge. And then some of them charge you fees on top of that. So just for the convenience. So that's something you really would have to weigh whether. Um, and actually, if you have a really good agent, we have cash buyers that might be able to solve your problem, too, if that's part of what you need. Or if you need to sell your house to go buy another one, we've also got access to for you to be able to do that and sell your house after, you, you know, figure out the funding to buy the the new house and then sell the house. If that's why some people think of that as convenience, that's why they want to do it.
0: So third tip is going to be uh, have your home inspected. So out here in California, Southern California, it's not typical that when you are writing offers on a property for, as a buyer, you're going to get those home inspections that the seller had done previously. Whereas in Northern California, they typically do the home inspection prior to putting a house on the market and then, you know, give it to all the buyers so they know, what's going on with the house. But in your own market, to get the best price possible, if you do do a home inspection, this is going to identify a bunch of potential problems and at least give you an idea of what it's going to take to get it prepared for the market so you do get that best price possible. Because if you fix all those little items, even if they're like little nitpicky things, buyers are going to notice and you'll know get more uh, in that sales price at the back end.
1: I would talk to your agent too and see which ones you should... You know, you're going to – the home inspectors are professional problem finders. finders. (laughs) So – and some of them make sense to take care of and some – you know, there will be some that you're just like, yeah. But if you talk to your agent, you know, you might have a list of 12 things and they might be able to narrow it to seven that you really want to take care of before you sell your house.
2: Next up on the list is stage your home to make it look its best. So staging can either be small stuff like – using, there's stagers that come in and use your items or get a couple of little knickknacks and stage the home. They can use your furniture. Um, That's kind of the lower level staging. But there's also full staging, like where they, you, you take all of your items out, they bring all their items in. Part of the benefit of this is the staging companies keep a finger on the pulse of what's in style, what works right now, what's selling right now, and put all of their items in there to make it sell for top dollar and quick.
0: And if you are looking for the best price possible, staging of some capacity is a must, whether it be if you are an interior designer or you have a really good eye doing it yourself, making sure to change out all the stuff that you have in your house to make it look good for when it does hit the market, not necessarily for your own eye, but for what a potential buyer might like all the way up to like Cassie said, that full on staging it is an investment up front, but more than likely it's going to pay off when you do see that final price for your house. Okay, one of one of
1: the probably most important points here is um, well, one of the things I talk to sellers about when we get going, everybody's got an idea of what their house is worth. And sometimes I've actually heard this exact phrase, don't bring me an offer if it isn't X. I don't even want to see it. So my question would be, when you're thinking about this, um, is are you open-minded? And the people that are most open-minded, I think do the best with negotiating because I would be open to negotiation with all potential buyers. Obviously, don't be afraid to ask for what you want, but also think about it in this way. The best deals are gonna be somewhat of a compromise. Now, our market is really skewed towards sellers right now, but still being open-minded, you might get an offer that isn't exactly what you want. That could be the person that will pay the most for the house. You just don't know yet. There's different styles of negotiating um, from all kinds of different people. So um, I've I've experienced this where they said, "Hey, I don't want to look at that offer. And I encourage them to look at the offer. We looked at the offer. It was significantly less than they wanted. While we were looking at that offer, another offer came in which then got the first guy a little more generated. And and the guy that wrote the first offer ended up paying more and and quite a bit more than his initial offer. So um, part of this process is in negotiation and just be willing, you know, be open-minded, think about it and, and obviously negotiate to get what you want, but negotiate.
0: The next little tip is going to be be patient and stay positive throughout the process. I know it sounds kind of, uh, yeah, what kind of tip is that? But, in this today's market where it's super hot, you're going to likely get a few offers in at a time. So that negotiating is kind of in your favor. You know, you're going to have the upper hand on that. But in a slower market, let's say it turns to a buyer's market where there's more houses for sale, your property is maybe in not a de- as a desirable location, so that first week maybe you don't get a, the offer you want. So, as long as you have time on your side and you don't necessarily need to be out tomorrow, I mean, if you do, then you got to, you know, obviously price accordingly, all that kind of stuff. But if you don't, if you have that time, you don't necessarily have to take that first offer that does come in. But be aware, you never know, that could be the only offer coming in. So in the whole thing, just be patient, stay positive. Uh, and as you are looking at that initial offer, that's not necessarily going to be the best price possible that you're going to get. But if it works for you, and you guys come to terms, then it might be
1: what's interesting in different markets is you, you'll hear agents sometimes say the first offer is the best offer many times. And there's a little bit of truth to that. But I think when the market is the way it's been here, it's white hot, the first offer many times is not the best offer. But in a slower market where there's way more to choose from, in many instances, when they've looked at a bunch of properties and they pick yours, it could very well be the, the most significant person to try to negotiate with. So patience is always helpful in all of this. Like Chris said, think about your marketplace you're in too.
2: the seventh item that we suggest too, um, and this is something we do for our sellers out in our market is we set up a search in your neighborhood for you to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on around competition wise. You're seeing what houses are coming on around you. You're seeing what houses are going into escrow around you. You're seeing ones that close. This gives you kind of just that kind of knowledge bank of, what the market's doing around your house. If your home isn't selling and you're seeing other things go pending, look at their pictures, look at, you know, their location and things like that to kind of keep your eye out to see what's happening in your neighborhood. And this is going to kind of help you
0: pinpoint your specific neighborhood because in every zip code city area, there's like niche neighborhoods where if you're looking at the general picture of, you know, oh, or watching the news or whatever, and it's saying, oh, price are going up so much in this area or this city, it's not necessarily your neighborhood. Your neighborhood is going to be different. So if you set up that search for your specific neighborhood, you're going to have a much better idea of what your home is worth and price it properly. So you do end up getting that best price possible.
1: One of the most important things to do when you're doing this to try to get the best possible price, if that's your key, is to work with an agent that really has their pulse on the market, that's on the ground level daily, working with buyers and sellers, but also following the market and has some context to what's actually going on in your market. For instance, we have different markets here. You might be downtown San Diego. Condo market is a lot different than a oceanfront home in Encinitas or even a normal home in Encinitas or a condo in Encinitas because if we look at the price trajectory over time, um, I had this conversation with somebody not long ago. Their condo they bought downtown San Diego is almost flat over the period of time they owned it. While here in Encinitas, the property's up 50%. So everything you got to take into context in your specific neighborhood, um, type of home that's selling, market timing, time of year. There's so many different things. If you're working with a good agent, they'll be able to sit down and talk to you about things like uh, market time, average market time, um, what it is normally, what it is currently, and, and compare those things. Look at what price per square foot is, but also look at um, how many months supply of inventory is there in your market. The Probably the biggest keys right now are how much is a supply and demand game. So Inventory has really been low in our particular part of the world and it's moving up, but you know, it's, it's still context. In Carmel Valley, it's gone from 0.6 months supply earlier in the year. So under close to half a month to 1.2 months supply at the end of May, that's 83% gain in inventory. 1.2 months supply of inventory is still super low. So, Make sure you're working with somebody that understands all those kind of nooks and crannies of your or or important parts of your neighborhood, but also the important parts of market dynamics. Then you got to really sit down and pick a price that is going to get people's attention in whatever type of market you're in. um, Get people's eyeballs and make them think, hey, that looks like a great price. Then you're going to get go to the price, the final price that you really want.
0: So there's a few tips to get the best price possible when selling your home. That's not necessarily always the most important thing to you. So if it's not, listen to some of the other episodes. But when you're trying to get the best price possible, these are a few of the things you need to do. And to go check out a bunch more resources, a bunch more episodes. Hit us up. And if you need an agent in your local area, go over to howtosellahousepodcast.com for all of those resources. We'll catch you on the next one.